0: Hey, hey mamas. mamas, welcome back to another episode, I'm Jess, I'm Erica, why are you smiling? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I could just see Jackie like smiling at us, <laughs> I bet you now when she hears it she's going to be like oh yes I know what they look like now.
0: <laughs> mama's cold. So guys today we have Jackie with us, um, you may know her from a couple of weeks ago we did her birth and story. She is an estate agent and a mommy to a gorgeous little boy who is now weaning. (laughs) She was telling us all about it. How are you? She's on mute. There's finally someone else that mutes themselves like us. (laughs) I didn't do that. I didn't even touch it. Someone
2: muted me. It wasn't me. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm just here at home. I managed to skip the bedtime routine. Dad's doing that today. So,
0: winning. Little change for one. Does it not feel like a day off when you don't have to do the night, like... To putting them to sleep. Oh, he takes his time. Like if it's a good night, it'll be like because I put some like little lullaby
2: stuff. If it's like song number four and it's done, he's asleep. It's a good night. But if it goes on past number four, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be a long one. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. It does feel good when that does it. Excuse me, a little break sometimes.
1: You you say that, and like, obviously we're at different stages of motherhood. And I remember with my first, I used to be like, oh yeah, it's so nice when you, you know, you could just chill in the living room, watch TV and just do things for yourself. But they grow up and then they start picking who they want to put them to bed. (laughs) And 10 out of like 20 times, it's mum, mum, mum. And it's like, oh God, like I need to, like sometimes on most days when I'm recording, Caden's like, Kill her, my man. And I'm like oh really today and obviously you feel shit because it's like I don't want to make him cry but it's like sorry you gotta go with your dad today
2: <laughs> oh, oh, oh bless him oh, I wonder what it's gonna be like when he starts talking I can't imagine
1: him like talking and all of that yet but I feel like before you know it he will be non-stop just today we were reading bedtime and, Ka- and so Ollie was reading the story and Caden was just in my ear talking and I was like Kayden I'm li- I'm trying to listen to the story <laughs> oh my up. god so
0: you know I went to drop off the mugs today they were all playing outside and in the nursery and obviously Kay saw me and came up to me to show their airplane the paper airplanes and then all the kids literally ran there and there was like 10 kids just screaming conversations at me and I was like bye <laughs> And one of them is like, this is my airplane and I'm four years old. And I was like, oh my God, you're four years old. And then this little girl, she's like, usted como se llama? (laughs) I was like, oh, this is probably I'm just gonna go now. And the teachers were just there laughing, like I actually felt attacked by them, and they're just all little miniature humans.
2: I suppose they're so excited because they just haven't seen any civilians for like the longest time. So they're just trying to make a conversation
0: with anyone before they get locked up again. <laughs> we had you on the Birthing Stories, and for everyone listening, me and Erica behind the camera, we were literally our jaws were on the floor to hear everything and bear in mind the birthing stories are very brief we try to fit in as much as we can within 10-12 minutes so once we finished recording we were like oh my god you need to tell us literally the download because and, and one thing that we picked up was that you were really like shocked at how the whole inducing thing was so we thought we need we need to get you on and obviously april is cesarean
1: um, awareness month so we we're like you need to come and tell us everything you know when you you obviously were pregnant with a nino did you read on induce in like the induction yeah does, yeah, it, yeah does it say what it is they do no like
2: not to the extent this is the this is the problem this is why I was so angry at life because I had heard of the term and people just throw the term casually like oh baby came earlier I was induced but they leave it there but I wonder if they leave it there because it's so traumatic I feel like do people want to hear about it or whatever and when I've done the hypnobirthing course there was a section on it and obviously I thought that was really interesting but even then I feel like they're still sugarcoating that they're like saying oh you know kind of really avoid it you don't want to go down that route it's not natural whatever But at the same time, they'll like do the whole, but if you do get induced, remember to take your candles, to take your room spray, to think positive, but they're leaving the nitty gritty of what's going on. So that's why I was probably taken by surprise. I mean, like, you know, when I was telling the story, I was very excited when I was gonna get induced and then before I knew I was like, what have I signed up to? So yeah, I did know, but not to the extent of, you know, everything that happened. And um, I've seen my fair share of like birthing programs. And this is what I'm saying. They'll show the little minute where they sweep the lady and then that's it. And they're all so casual, but obviously they must surely heavily edit that. There were like, other women
0: crying in the room when they were getting it done. Probably not as bad as I was, <laughs> I don't know. But I remember when, when I was overdue, they said, oh, you know, come in on Saturday to get induced, and we're just going to do a little sweep and enter the pest, pest, what's that called? Pest, yeah, and that's it, you can go home, like, that was all they said to me, and I thought, oh, and in my head, I thought, oh, okay, they just, you know how when you put your tampon in and they just leave it there, because that's what they said to me, and I thought, oh, okay, like, in my head, I was like, okay, I'll just get a sweep and this and that, but apparently, you get fisted. Yeah, did you,
2: did you end
0: up getting that done in the end or not? No, I, my, my appointment was for 1pm on the Saturday, and at 9am, I checked in oh you're so lucky yeah that's how they explain it I just
2: I really don't know the thing is the thing I'm I'm thinking is that they make you sign all this paperwork when you're gonna go into like to theater and have your c-section like, I know you're gonna be under the knife literally but I've I genuinely you know like okay a bit off side sidetrack but I must have started this petition about letting your partners into the labor if during like quarantine because obviously that wasn't now. that's was one thing I wanted done but initially when I signed off that petition I wanted to my driving force was I wanted women to start um, signing consent forms if they wanted to get induced purely because of the lack of knowledge over then how as I said like how brutal it was so I because you're you're asked to like give consent when you're going to go down to c-section whatever but I genuinely feel like a woman should proper know the every single detail before going down that route because Mm. it's just too painful like it's just too much and any person and I know that it's not just my experience because any person that I do speak to or people that said oh I was induced was awful as well no one's got anything positive positive to say about it so that just goes to show the lack of knowledge and how much people need to like be control of their own bodies because that's an massive
1: like invasion of privacy right there like as I said I felt violated it was horrendous it was the worst thing I was I was speaking to Jess earlier on as well and I was saying with both boys because they were both laying I always had the the idea that you know oh you get put on a drip to kind of like speed things up and like Jess says you know you get a little tampon inside but that's literally it a little tampon it's like that's how it will feel but then obviously hearing your story and we've heard other people's that you know they say you know being induced is like the worst thing ever so I'm thinking hold on a minute I and I kind of understand as to why they may not want to put too much out there because obviously it's frightening and going into birth is scary in itself so then adding the pressure of oh well you know you're going to be fisted and this is going to happen and it's going to hurt from here to one thousand. i i can understand in that sense but i agree with you there should be a consent form because like you say and so many women you know it just surpasses that where where do we draw the line like you nearly took your hand and took it out my mouth kind of thing yeah yeah
2: yeah. and it happens so many times like it's because you're induced they have to be like checking and stuff so it's just that that every so often like going down there like yeah like you're not in control of your body at that point and again you have to let them to check the baby and to check the progress but Honest, it's horrible. Like, the violation is just, like, real.
0: When your birth story came out, a couple people messaged us and they were like, oh, my God, like, inducing was actually shocking. And they told us what their experience was. And we we were honestly in shock because it, you just don't know what you're expecting. And I think, like Erica was saying, do you think it's because they don't want to scare you? But then again, well, you know what the good and bad of giving birth is, so why would they not give you that? Power to be prepared for it because yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. not all women go through it, but I feel like for the women that do, there should be the knowledge out there. One of the comments that she struck me was a girl. um She'd said that when, and it was on the comment underneath the video that when she got in G's, she got so tense the midwife's hand got stuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, poor girl? Like when I read that, I was like, "What? Oh my gosh, bless her." Could you imagine? That's how, that's how, (laughs) you know, I was like, shit, that's, that's bad. This is what I'm saying. Like your body doesn't even know what to do. They're like, what the hell is this? And then stuff like that happens. God knows how many other stories there are out there.
0: So what, if we compare to before baby, when you were doing your hypnobirthing course and they told you about induction, do you think that there was more told there than what, you know, your antenatal classes will tell you or what your midwife I
2: think it was the same I feel like there's only one sort of um text out there that defines induction and they everyone just says the same thing but they don't give out the details or the ins and outs of it because it was pretty much the same they just this is what I'm saying that they sort of pass over it because it doesn't happen so often they'll be like oh, we will cover this section in case it happens and then yeah it's just the pursuit, and then or you'll go on the drip and that's it because some women who are induced don't even have the pursuit, they go straight on the drip like I've got a cousin of mine she got and then this is another thing where I was naive when going into this when I said I'll get induced her birth was quick first baby six uh six hours she got there she got put on the hormone and baby was arrived in six hours that was her first baby so it's pretty fast so that's what I thought that's why I got excited I thought all right drip then baby will come and then when I told her, she's like, Jax, I didn't get none of that done. And I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, because I was at like four centimetres dilated when I got there. So again, there's like a massive bit of information that we've missed because it depends on where you are in active labour, depending if you're going to do that purse rebuild or not, or if you're going to do the Joe or not. So again, I didn't know that. I only found that out, again, because of speaking to her and... That's a conversation that me and her hadn't had because I didn't even think I was going to get induced. So I think, had it been common knowledge that inductions can happen and they can go go south, I think maybe I would have had that little bit more of extra knowledge somehow or whatever. But yeah, to answer your question, no, I just feel like it was all kind of blanket and they're all kind of just saying the same brief description of it. And then that's about it, really.
1: Yeah, like I agree that maybe, like, just the same way that we're aware of before four centimeters you are most likely to be sent home just like that knowledge you kind of know like oh i need to i think i need to hold on longer you know when you call call the hospital and they tell you now nah, like we we can hear that you're still not there yet and like you know midwives can tell like i remember so like like it was yesterday i was speaking to the midwife she was like no nah, you will know when you you know that it's, it's the time like you won't be talking to me that's how bad it's gonna get and i was like sorry what no no i don't want to do this anymore i was like come on no i bought this <laughs> let's 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 not even but say like what you said you know like there needs to be some kind of information like okay you'll be put on the drip if you're x amount of centimeters dilated and then if you're not dilating this is the process that will take place because we had someone uh film her birthing story as well and she Um, She had um, gestational diabetes. So she got taken into uh, labor ward to to be induced. And instead of like, you know, doing the normal checks, check, let's check how much she's dilated. No, they fisted her straight away. And they were like, oh, oh, um, we don't need to put you on on the little thingy because you're already dilating. Like she was like, well, why didn't you check me before instead of fisting me? And it's just there like, why like w- what part of you didn't think well let's check to see if she's dilating if not then we'll do this procedure so so it's kind of like you know textbook thing where you follow kind of steps but nah they just go with oh you know you've been induced so bang yeah take it That's
2: exactly how it is it's just crazy like
0: well I didn't even know that you could be induced when you're already dilated until now this is like new information to me <laughs> yeah yeah because um, with her, what was, what was going on with her? With her, yeah, she was already, yeah.
2: She, so she got put on a drip straight away because she wasn't passing a certain amount. So they called it, yeah, I feel like an, in, an early induction or whatever. And um, they'd already planned with it anyway because I think the baby was measuring small at the time. So they were going to induce her regardless. But obviously she got one step ahead because her waters actually went and then they just put on the
1: drip to get those contractions. And then they have to take it back out, right? Because you were saying that. Yeah, yeah. They leave
2: it there for a few hours. So I think they left it in there for like four or six hours. Then they take it out. That's when I said I wasn't going to have them take it out. I was like, no, if I can do it, I'm going to do it myself. So I did. And then that's when they check. They still have got to check to see if it's done what it's supposed to do. And then that's when they're like, no, it's it's still two centimetres. Give it a few more hours. Then they go with like the first dose of gel. They've got to go in to insert the gel or whatever. And then you go away, go for a walk, then come back to check. And then if that doesn't work, you do another one. So in total, it's like free. And imagine that like the examinations between them is vile. With all that technology, there surely should be like something else for to you to be able to check stuff like that.
0: How long do you have to wait in between applications? From memory, I think it was like six hours, I think. That's why it took so long. That's why I was
2: there for so long. Because again, remember, I wanted a break from it all. So I wanted to sleep. I wanted, well, initially, I wanted to go home. Do you know what I found shitty about the whole thing? When I started to think, "Shit, I've done the wrong thing here," um, I asked to speak to the midwife who was looking after me. They were all great, but as soon as I started saying, "I'm not comfortable with with this. I think I've changed my mind," they just kind of switched on me. You know, they were like, "Well, you're the one that asked to be induced." I was like, "No, I didn't ask to be induced." The doctors told me that I had to because of our blood pressure. Well, blood pressure hasn't been elevated. Like they literally just changed completely, changed time with me to the to the point where one said, "Well, if you're allowed to walk out, although I doubt it, you're going to have to go to the back of the queue." And I'm like, "Back of the queue?" Which, and then I was so upset. for I, I need to speak to your senior because I don't know what their problem was. It's that I would have said like the worst thing ever. They're like, because oh, there's women waiting to have their babies." And I was like, "But I didn't ask to be induced though." her tone and the other one that was looking completely changed after that so that for me I thought that was really like stressing me out anyway so then I thought no, forget this so that's when they got their senior doctor she said look I can see I really do want you to go home but obviously I can't let you because of corona or whatever so you've got to like stay in but the best thing we can do is like move your walls and have a rest have a good night's sleep and see if that helps So I think that's what caused the slight delay because I was meant to get um, checked then as well. I said, I'm not going to get checked. I don't want, like, it's too much. But imagine that night I started contracting. So it just goes to show, like, if you just let your body do its thing without all this, like, invasion, like, things will happen. Like, I know, like, the contraction stopped, but I made a little progress that I hadn't done for, like, the whole two days that I was there or whatever.
1: No, and also you need to take, bear in mind that your body was under a lot of pressure and their tone doesn't help your case either because you obviously get stressed yeah and you get stressed the baby gets stressed it's like how are you how am I meant to relax and let my body do what it's meant to do yeah I literally
2: started crying because uh, when they sent out like, the senior doctor she saw me and I just burst out into tears she's like oh were you upset and I was like upset is an understatement like it's just that the care has been great but right now as soon as I said I'm not comfortable like they're not even listening to me they're just like following these instructions and treat me like I'm an object like it's it's not fair I want to go home and she's like uh-huh. and then she kind of like leveled with me and I was like what do you mean I need to join the back of the queue like what is this like it's like some conveyor belt thing that you just popping out kids like I, I was really shocked at that point because I thought it's all been a bit of a shambles and have not having the support that I had the only kind of immediate support I had access to like turn on me as well was just a bit like what the hell but luckily like the nights that the night nurses were much better so when they left in a day I'd be not rude the night nurses were like really lovely and stuff but yeah that's like the last thing you need like your nurses start just trying to just yeah treat like a little mug like <laughs> just trying to be healthy out here
0: mama I love you So for all our listeners that haven't heard your story could you remind them why is it that you had to be induced?
2: So I had a really active baby he was always active and then one night he I feel like he over moved like he was just too active and then the next day he didn't move at all like he I'd have to like proper push my belly to even get like a little wiggle so then I called the midwives and then yeah they just said, well, first of all, I started giggling to see what was normal. They're, like, telling you that the worst thing ever. So I was like, let me just call it to be safe. And then they said, you know, like, it's, it's not normal, so come in. So when I went in, they were like, baby's fine, but your blood pressure is really high. So we're going to, like, keep in for observation. After they'd done the observations, apparently the blood pressure wasn't dropping. Um, and then, yeah, that's why they said, because you are you haven't had any blood pressure issues at all in your pregnancy. We think because you're near the end, um, it's the pregnancy causing your blood pressure issue. So if it happens during labor it it could be like terrible so let's just like induce you so that's basically where it was and I was 38 weeks at the time so I still had a good best part of like 10 to 12 days to go but I still think like it was anxiety you know I don't even think it genuinely was blood pressure issues because I've never had issues with it at all and like sometimes it was so like up and down it wasn't like constant like if, if I was like really chilled out it will be normal. That's why they kept monitoring because they couldn't really pinpoint why it was so like, like it kept fluctuating up and down. I genuinely fixed because I was just anxious because the whole thing, like I was just worried about him. I was obviously by then in the hospital, I knew what was going to come in terms of like my other half ain't going to be able to be with me as soon as I go past these doors. Like he was downstairs waiting for me with my bags ready to give them to me. Like it's just everything just added. Like first time baby, like it's time, like excitement, get like everything. So I personally don't even think it was blood pressure issues, to be honest. I just feel was more like anxiety more than
1: anything. Yeah, and like you said, like, they used the people that are meant to look after you, i.e. the midwives, used that against you because all of a sudden you were the one that wanted the induction. And when you stated, well, no, actually, it's my blood pressure. That's why I was admitted to hospital. Well, no, your blood pressure's been fine. So, okay if my blood pressure's been fine, then why don't I just go home? And then, okay, you had someone level with you, you know, pandemic, let's let's kind of like calm down. When that senior midwife leveled with you, it was kind of like, okay, I understand. You don't, you know that you can't put your baby at risk in the matter that, you know, your blood pressure did go back up. And you even said it yourself in your birth story, you kind of thought, if I walk away and something was to happen, you wouldn't be able to live with yourself. So in that point, you knew, okay, I'm gonna stay here, but you don't need the judgment. And especially, we've had so many people complain on midwives, and it's and it's funny because it's like you know when you pick a job and you pick that career, you have to study so much to become a midwife, and yet you're gonna sit there and treat people like shit. People that feel vulnerable, yeah. You're you're in your most vulnerable, yeah. Like it's just, it's mental the way you're like, you're trusting these people to bring something so pure into the world. And they're meant to like, you know, through every surge kind of help you through it. And then you get this dumb attitude all of a sudden, like, because I'm telling you, I feel uncomfortable. Where a hospital, you're meant to feel comfortable. That's meant to be the place, you know, you're bringing your, if that, then why don't we just go back to everyone having babies at home, your own comfort zone.
2: Yeah I was literally shocked just the way that me just changed into the room like even talking about it now I'm still in shock as to how it was so nice when I was being like let's say cooperative and as soon as I thought no let me take control was like oh no like not not under our roof and it's just like it's my body like give me
1: a break here. You know when obviously you had was it sepsis yeah How was that treated
2: yeah so immediately when they realized what it was they just started pumping me with antibiotics as soon as that was finished they pu- that was literally on antibiotics from the moment that they flagged up that I had it all the way to like 10 days after i was at home because they needed to make sure that it was just completely out of my system so as soon as that one triple finished they'll like replace it with the other when baby was born they didn't give it to him because i'd basically been giving it to him through his bloodstream and stuff that he was fine, he actually didn't even, even get it, it was just in my in my bloodstream, I just, and you know what, that's, that happens because of infection, and had I not been induced, I wouldn't have got, I wouldn't have got that, because no matter how, like, sterile or clean these people are, it's different people, like, going down there, and I was, when I was speaking to Jessie about this last time, she even made a really good point, she's like, I mean, look what happens when you get, like, a new um soap, or, like, when you put soap down there, like, you get, like, a rash or whatever, or you're, like, your vag doesn't sync well with it and you're telling me like different bloody people going up there constantly ain't going to cause anything of course so that just goes to show like again why inductions you really should sign because that is that risk like I'm sure I probably haven't been the only one that's had that happen to and I know for a fact had I not been induced I would not have had that because it's, it's it's cause of infection like it's an infection and in, like an
0: internal infection and that's what caused it all the people going in like the liquids and all of that stuff i remember a friend once said that giving birth was like being the buffet that like everyone just comes and puts their hands in and out and, and afterwards <laughs> after she had her baby she she went to the health visitor and she was like about to take her pants off and she was like what are you doing and she was like oh i thought i thought you were still gonna continue like checking me <laughs> <laughs> <so> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh that's that's so funny but sad at the same time because you get into that mind frame where it's just like right a stranger's gonna go and look up there now like no nah, there's something wrong with that <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> why that's why everyone says once you have a baby you just lose any sort of shame you're just like whatever do you want to do you want to <laughs> take a peep
2: no that's just yeah I didn't go down that you know I did think of that when I um when I got given my private room and then they were going to put me in the drip obviously this, you know, are they called the stilts where you put your legs up
0: yeah I thought
2: shit there's like five people in here at the moment they're gonna be down there. I couldn't actually envision myself pushing in front of all these people <laughs> and have everyone down there like
1: oh hats off to you man like <laughs> I can't even imagine like having all these people look down there and oh god that's nothing imagine when women poo themselves and the midwife has to clean them and then this the set, like Jess, messi- like sent me, I'll show you. I'll, sh- I'll send it to you, Jackie. She sent me a picture, yeah? And you know, like all these birth and pictures. So the woman was on all fours and the baby was coming out in the sack. So it looks, it looks incredible, but I, I don't know why my mind only focused on her anus. <laughs> and like, there was like little bit of mbojitwai. <laughs> and I go to Jess, oh my God, she's got mbojitwai. <laughs> and then afterwards it was like, oh, and the baby. Yes, it's in the sack and that the flash
0: wild. was so strong you could literally see what she had literally. for breakfast yeah and it
1: looked a bit cal- cal- caldo, like you know when you have a bit of time <laughs> erica stop
0: <laughs> that's disgusting i just wanted to you know when you guys are talking about the midwife and i really think we should get a midwife here because i feel like everyone comes and tells their shit stories with their midwives and there must be a reason and i was just thinking just now with the high blood pressure Obviously, it it can cause, like, strokes. It can cause, like, absolute, like, really um, life-threatening things in that moment. So, as a midwife, you're you're in charge of this mother that's about to give birth. And I think that maybe, is it because... And yes, I know they're professional and that would be your argument. But in that moment, do you think they just get so thrown back and overwhelmed of... I could possibly lose this patient. Or they've got someone above them saying, like you need to keep the mother calm but you need to remain calm yourself but in her head there's different things going through and i know it shouldn't really be an excuse because i mean this is your job but yeah
2: i don't know maybe like a, a trail of thought that i had at one point was maybe like they were just tired they'd been i don't know maybe started work really early that day and i was like the last straw like cuz i know they're looking after so many women and not everyone is like you like some women can be really um you know not over the top but like everyone handles pain and the situations differently in it and maybe their expectations of what they wanted to deal with that day was different to what they had in mind. I don't know. But I feel like if you're gonna pick a profession you need to know what's gonna come with it. So you need to just stay neutral and calm for everything. Not because you're having a shitty day you're gonna take it out on this lady who's been vulnerable. I think you've got to stay professional the whole time I'm sorry. I don't I, don't, I personally don't make any excuses. No matter how shit of a day that you're having, like you're in charge of life. At the end of the day, saying, we're not doing it for fun. Like it's not like, you know, that is you're bringing life into the world.
0: Yeah, it's like a firefighter won't go into a fire when he's tired or hangover because this is your life at risk. And there shouldn't be excuses. And the thing is, well, I didn't tell you to have that cigarette. And didn't know. Like you have to like stay level the whole time.
2: So yeah, I I don't make. Any and the excuses. thing
0: is, we shouldn't even be feeling sorry about oh their long night shifts because that that's the job you chose, you know? Like, you're you're the one giving me the service that I require at my most vulnerable state. And there's two
1: lives on the table here, mine and the baby's not. It kind of just shows, you know, like in sales where you say like the customer's always right. Right now, we're the customers and you're treating me like shit. And then when, so, cause there, uh, I guarantee you there is, there are million, million, millions, millions of complaints towards midwives because it's it's like Jackie says. There is no excuse for how you talk. Like even like I don't know if you guys had it, but the receptionists in at the hospitals when you know when you go into the ward, they are the worst. They think they literally are like NHS head staff. GP receptionist, the okay. <laughs> worst. Always grumpy, and it's like, wow, you're taking your job too seriously, love. Like please don't and like i i i had so like when i went in once she was like no, you need to go back And i'm like but you haven't even checked me she's like oh i'm not a doctor and i'm like then shut up then (laughs) it's that simple you don't know what i'm feeling so don't get involved and then the nurse came that the midwife came and when she checked me she was like, oh yeah you're eight centimeters and i'm like yeah and your receptionist was gonna send me home because apparently i was talking so it's like Like you said, everyone deals with pain differently. This was my second child. I knew what I was expecting. I knew the pain and I knew how much I could tolerate. You can't tell me, oh no, well we don't have any rooms. So what what about the room that I got put in? And then she was very rude to my mum as well. And my mum was just sitting there like worried as any mother would be. And she was like, no, you need to get out of here. Like too rude, too, too rude. Like honestly, and I think just like like you'd you'd assume, like say like in Great Ormond Street Hospital, you wouldn't expect those those nurses and doctors who go day in and day out with these sick kids that they can throw up on you you know so many things can happen you don't they don't go in and they treat the little kid like shit they i i I can't think of a doctor doing that so i don't understand why they treat this any different we are in our most vulnerable state we are in pain so they shouldn't have any excuse to talk to what to talk down on us or make and like you said Jack if you felt uncomfortable they should have reassured you they should have gone down to your level and said you know i understand you there's always a way to use your words with a person to try and relax them not make them well, well no this is going to be your fault then it's like well no you can't do that
2: yeah 100 i literally couldn't agree with you more but it's just one of them ones you live and you learn and i think maybe later on it's just ed- educating yourself isn't it as well like my experience will definitely or if I do if I am lucky enough to, <laughs> or if I do want to go down that road again and bring a second baby I'll know perhaps maybe what to expect next time but I think it's important to like talk about it just so everyone knows that these things can happen and perhaps not be so taken back if it does happen to you and just always remember to speak to a senior that's what I've done because I thought I'm not gonna have you there must be someone above you so I'll make sure you get told and put in your place because you can't be talking like this right, to everyone else because you don't know how someone's gonna like handle being spoken to you like that I mean I'm quite um I, I don't mind using my words I'll tell you how it is if I don't like something I'm putting you in your place and I find your superior I'm gonna make them tell you off but like someone might not have the vocal the vocal ability to do so like they might just feel intimidated and might feel pressured and cause other issues like we're in such a like delicate climate like you just don't know so but yeah
0: yeah definitely we need someone on on the hot seat (laughs) we just throw out all the questions um i think it's also really important to know your rights when you're giving birth because i think a lot of women go in and think, you know, whatever the doctors say, go. But the more, like you were saying, the more educated and the more you're aware about the rights and, you know, you can't you, you can't check me if I don't want you to check me and intervene so much. Because it's true, the first time mum goes in and she doesn't know this and then finds out, you know, at the other side, just by knowing this, it could have made her experience so much better. Mama's Code. How did you feel in that moment when they said to you, OK, we need to get you into surgery? I feel like because I'd already
2: planted that seed at the beginning where I knew that that induction was going to fail because I wanted it from the get go because I knew he wasn't going to come. I think I kind of mentally slightly prepared myself for it in a way. So it, it, it wasn't like something like, oh, my God, I'm sh- shit scared. Like I was actually really calm. I was in a way actually relieved because I thought, right, I know that already they've turned the page because... Although it was shit, they waited for things to go south for them to really bring up the best care. Like I can honestly say, set uh, the care was second to none. As soon as they thought shit, we've got an issue on our hands. I felt in perfectly safe hands. Like it was incredible. Like I had two midwives with me, completely different. They literally take turns to go and go to the toilet or go and get water. There was someone with me all the time, constantly checking. So anyway, when they got to the C-section part, I, I felt that you know comfortable and I had peace of mind that okay like even though it's all been shit I'm in really good hands now you can tell they were like the big dogs knew what they were talking about they knew what they were doing so I felt yeah you know a sense of relief that it was finally gonna happen um obviously a little bit nervous because again I'm about to get cut up open and that's all scary like unknown territory obviously we all know it (laughs) it didn't that's me being like always trying to be positive we didn't go as straightforward as as it was but yeah initially as soon as they said we're going to do it I thought I felt good I thought right finally we're going to do it I'm going to end all this jazz but then obviously one door closes and the other does or one chapter ends and the other starts because then the next part of the, the shenanigans happen and then the other part like recovery happens again like when they're saying to you right let's get baby out you get fixated on, right, baby's coming. You don't even think about what's going to happen after. Because I'm agreeing to this, like, C-section, obviously, to get him in. But, again, nothing could have prepared me for, like, the next part, which was recovery and what happens
0: after. That shit is just pretty crazy as well, because you're just... Before we go there, <laughs> you know when they were about to cut a slice you at that... did in a split second did you ever did you think oh my god like there's gonna be a massive scar across? because I know they do them really small now but did that even cross your head at that point
2: no it hadn't and it was actually the only person I mean realized that was the um one of the surgeons she came in to like make me sign the consent form she was like I know c-section isn't ideal and I thought yeah I know and I'm thinking because of everything that's gone on she and the first thing she goes you can wear a bikini again don't worry I was (laughs) like I hadn't even thought about that but okay, cool. But no, until she said that, and then I thought, shit, I, my mind is somewhere completely, like, like elsewhere. Because normally, like, you're a woman, you're quite vain. You think, oh, shit, I don't want to have this guy. Honest to God, it did not even cross my mind, you know. Like, I think that mother instinct kicks in where you don't give a shit what happens to you, what you like after. You just want your baby to be safe and you want to be okay. So, no, I didn't even think about it. But, when after, obviously after it's all done and dusted, then you're looking like, shit, I hope you like minimise because I, I can't deal with that scar yet. But to answer your question in that moment, no. But later on, it did come into my mind.
0: I asked because we saw a birth story like years ago or probably like two years ago. And she was, they were prepping her up and all she was saying to the doctor was, please, please make it a small scar, make it a small scar. And in my head, I was like, like I remember like it's like with stretch marks like the whole of my pregnancy I, I got two stretch marks the week before my baby came my stretch marks were literally like up to my neck red like 40 you can see them through my clothes and I was like oh my god like I thought I'd got away with it so obviously if you compare it to going into c-section and that's all oh, she was screaming I thought oh maybe like maybe that was going through your hair <laughs> Yeah, no, honestly, it
2: didn't. Which, but it's funny you say that, because with the whole stretch mark situation, I thought I was a ninja. Like, I was screaming, oiling four times a day. My belly was smooth. I was like, yes, no, i stretch my arms. I'm so happy. Towards the end, I got, like, two tiny, really faint ones. Girls, as soon as baby was born, like, two days later, I looked like a tiger had scratched up my thighs. I was like, What? Uh, what happened here like they just came out of nowhere but again I didn't even think to like look into do their come after but yeah apparently like if you don't get them during you no 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 you're not yeah. out of the woods just, oh. yeah. after the baby comes that's when I got them so but I don't mind you know like I was always like I was so paranoid about it during pregnancy I just and I never thought I'd say this I'd be one of them girls like oh embrace your stretch marks or that. but with what I went through I'm like I feel so lucky to be here I can have stretch marks for days I really don't care like, I just, it is what it is, isn't it? Like, you just, they birthed the baby, You're, and I, do you know what, and I, I learned to um, have, like, a massive respect for my body as well, like, it's, in, it's honestly incredible, from that first moment where you've got this little heartbeat in your body, your body starts going through these crazy changes, and it's, an, it's incredible, even after the baby comes out, you can see your body changing, like, in front of your eyes, like, it's, it's mad. I've got a new level of respect for my body, honestly, like, it's obviously far from perfect, but I only have one skin and one body. And it it, brought a, it literally done your eyelashes, little bones, little, little heartbeat. And I look at my baby and I'm like, it done all of that. Like, it's crazy. I'm tearing up. Oh, stop it. You, you not.
0: <laughs> stop it. Jackie's like, you're not crying for everything for fuck's I'm mean, No, do you know what? It's so beautiful that you say that. And I really respect it because it's not easy. It doesn't come easy for people. And everything you've just said is absolutely like it's true it's like why should that matter to me and again vanity and the fact that your whole life changes your body changes but you're only how seven eight months in and like I'm sure you maybe have had that one day that you thought oh this scar like you know but it's, it's very, it's really beautiful to hear you say that. Yeah, oh, thank you.
2: No, I'm not there, but... I wish I thought the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the scars there, like, as I said, it's, it's far from perfect, but yeah, like, it's your own, isn't it? Like, that's that's your, a little reminder of what happened, but.
1: Well, I mean, let's look at the bright side. At least it's not, you know, the vertical one that they used to do before. My mum has two of those. And, like, like with every birth, it just becomes thicker because they can't really cut. And she says that with her, you know, el cierre, like the zip of the trousers, it still hurts her. That's wild. Did they cut her through the same one? So I think, you know, because in Colombia, they like very butch and they just do shit. How? I think the surgeon just goes in with his eyes closed and just kind of like... El <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> They literally just, like, whack her. Like, they don't give a shit. Yeah, like I was I was telling Jess the other day that um, we have una conocida that she she went to have her baby and, obviously, she wasn't dilating. So they were like, I don't think you have the capacity to give birth, so we're going to have to give you a C-section. This was in Colombia. So they cut her. They put the pinzas on her. And then when she got discharged, se le la ría. Then she got taken back to the hospital. They like with the thingy they put it back and then it opened again so and then now she has a second baby and she had to get another c-section but she was you know one of those things that traumatized you for life now obviously her daughter was like i think 19 when she had her new baby but it was still in her mind like oh my god i don't want to go through this and she says they cut her below a bit because in colombia i think they cut you more like they don't really care if you can wear a bikini or not what they said to her was like, even when she was ha- when she was like going through pains that the midwives would say to her, que se you 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 opened your legs and you got yourself in this situation. And it's like, you know, sometimes we talk about the midwives here and I was like, wow, imagine in Colombia. I'd have to beat one of them up. Uh, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, 100%. No, my mom tells me about them stories as well.
2: She can't I was like, what? Like she tells me stories about her sisters when they give birth, I was like, no, nah, I couldn't, I literally couldn't. And just the other day we were talking about it, she actually told me that in Colombia, obviously they used to, if you wanted a C-section like what we get here, standard, like a small bikini, that they make you pay extra to have because it's that borderline cosmetic. And I'm like, ain't nothing cosmetic about having seven layers of skin to take our human out. <laughs> oh, no, we're quite lucky in that sense that we're not dealing with them Colombian midwives, boy
1: mate imagine being told don't moan you got yourself in this oh my god i'd be like really (laughs) i haven't had a c-section and jess hasn't either but when you described what it felt like when they went in for your baby every time i go in my bag i'm like oh my god this is what it feels
0: like." i thought you were gonna say i'm inside jackie right now
1: (laughs) Because I'm looking for your teeth. <laughs> that, literally, that description is so on point because I can just imagine it like, you know, yeah. a doctor going in. Also, do, do they take your organs out? Oh, I don't know. No, I don't think so. No. I, I always had that vision that they just kind of like take everything out <laughs> and kind of like look for the baby and then. And...
0: No, your baby moves it out of the way. Is it? Yeah, like your when your baby grows, it starts pushing the organs like outwards so obviously the baby's yeah so your baby's on top so when the baby comes out all the organs move back to where they're supposed to be
1: but i've seen a c-section where like i think it's the intestine it's been removed like it's out and then i don't know i could be making this up <laughs>
0: jackie's like
1: Jason, did they take out my intestines?
2: <laughs> really did. I've seen loads of C-section videos and i uh, definitely never seen an intestine hanging out. Are you sure it wasn't like the kid's leg?
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe because there was a lot of blood I just assumed it was the intestines out there. Um. So once they've taken your baby
0: to get him sorted with, you know, and you're left there being stitched up again, were they telling you anything? Were they talking you through or how, how was that procedure?
2: No, they weren't. Not in that moment because at that point, they were like half the doctors were then with the baby, like making sure whatever he was all right. And then the only lady talking to me was obviously because that's when I started feeling funny and I took my funny turn and it was more her giving me reassurance that I was going to be all right and then they were pumping and whatever they were doing. But no, they had never at one point said like, we're stitching this up or nothing like that it just felt like it was forever. It took so long. I just wanted to be out of there. But I suppose they've got, like, so free, so much stuff. But it's so weird, yeah, because <clears throat> I did feel like the last thing I felt was it felt like they were putting stitches, um, the clamping, like, like, like you know when you staple paper? It felt like that. And that was when I kind of knew, all right, they're nearly done. Because I said, they're nearly done. She goes, yeah, 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 almost enough. All right, cool, bloody hell. Do they put the clamps? I think underneath, they do. And then the last, layer, so your actual skin, they put like some, they put like dissolvable stitches. And then they, for me, they put like some skin textured, um, what do you call call it in English? Fluster. Fluster, yeah. (laughs) But it looks like rubber, it feels really weird. So that the next day when I had a shower, I didn't want to even look down there. I was petrified, I thought, oh my God, I imagined like seeing all these staples and shit but no it was like covered with this like skin texture thing and then the day like day three after baby was born I had to go to the midwife to the health visitor to have it taken off because you have to get it taken off like I was dreading it I said you know how much I've been for us and I've still got to have more pain and she's like don't worry like it'll be fine I thought everyone's telling me it's going to be fine of course it's not going to be fine she goes no I promise it's going to feel like a wax you really think I want to feel like I'm getting waxed? On my bloody gash like know your stomach is open yeah like it's a fresh wound and then yeah she laid me on the table and then she sat i was sweating you know like when you get scared and you start sweating from i'm the, sweating now she says you know the phrase rip off the band-aid i'm gonna have to i was like oh go on then and yeah off she went bah, and then oh it was over in one guy, and it really did feel like a wax. There was even like a few pubes stuck to it and a few stitches.
1: <laughs> Free wax for Jacks.
2: <laughs> it really was. But then after that, yeah, it just looked like um really thin, like little, little corsil, like a little sewing thing. And then eventually they just, it looked like scabs, like tiny little scabs, and it just went away, like the, the stitches.
1: How did it feel? when all the anesthesia was out of your body? Like, how did you feel? Because obviously you've got like a fresh cut and then your body in itself feels kind of like battered.
2: This is another thing, yeah, that I think in terms of like C-sections, we need to get talking about more because you're on so much medication because of the pain. Like as soon as I come out of surgery, like baby was like 40 minutes old. And they gave me morphine because of the pain. They're like, you're going to need morphine. Morphine and me did not get along. I thought that my heart was going to jump out my chest. Like, it was so like pumping so fast. I felt weird. Like, I felt like I was spaced out. So they was like, all right, we'll give you um, codeine instead. And then when it was like nighttime and me and Bob's were, like trying to sleep or whatever, I woke up and again, like, my heart was elevated. I just felt delirious. Like It was really weird. Like, I felt like, hi it was horrible and i, I called the buzzer because i got really panicked and i was like i don't know what's wrong with me i feel like i'm i'm, I'm taking a funny turn again
0: have we lost her <laughs> come, come back. back come back
1: i think she's still talking and she genuinely thinks that we can hear her
0: yeah yeah <laughs>
1: it's gone again <laughs> my stomach is really hurting yeah like imagine and like like you know it brings me back to liana when she says like having to get up to feed your yeah. baby and like she's got like oh no I couldn't and and
0: with that thing in your head that you're open there like that you've just got
1: stitches what if you there? do like a mienton <laughs> and, and you stretch just, and then it just opens i feel like i just got a c-section in this episode yeah. <laughs> no just, you know what it is for me like the you're laying down and then you hear your baby cry and then you're gonna get up like just just that up movement it kind of forces the little bit or to stretch to put your clothes on oh no i can't jackie i don't know how you did it we don't know how you did this you know when you when you got up so because obviously was jason allowed to stay with you no
2: No I was on my own like we had no hospital visits he just came to pick us up like two days later I think two or three yeah two days later I had to literally every time baby will cry did you have to ask them to
0: pass you the baby
2: yeah yeah I had to press the buzzer like like every time that he cried and because I try and wheel him back like but I still he needed to like lift him and I was like yeah can you pass my baby please because I can't reach they're like yeah sure I'll do it the first couple of times but next time you have to do it because you actually have to walk because if you walk you'll that the recovery will be quicker I don't know how that works but oh my gosh it's just so much went on like after baby was born with this whole c-section thing first of all one thing I'd always dreaded was like a catheter do you know what that is can you hear me yeah Yeah. right a catheter so you know like
1: from where they put where they put the epidural? <laughs> I made a right mess of it. It's like Jax is there? No, she's not. She's
0: there. I'm so sorry. Um,
2: yeah. So they left like a pee bag for me to pee, and then I, thats the first thing they have done. So like they're like the next when you sleep, the next morning we've got to take the pee bag out. The pee bag goes actually up your pee hole, like so they had to take that out. And again, I was like, I don't want to do this. Can I have gas in air? And they were like, look, it's going to be more effort. Me going to get this gas in air to take out this thing. Just breathe till five and then I'll take it out.
0: That was the first step. So
2: literally. Oh,
0: Do you to- know how tiny your pee hole is. It's yeah. like a needle pin. You know what? Yeah, it actually wasn't that bad. Like I could live with
2: that. Like, honestly, I thought it was going to be a lot worse. And that's what I was dreading the most. So they've done that. And then they were like, okay, now you have to walk from here to there. But in mind, this is like the next, the following morning. You have to walk to the end of the corridor. Where Why now? do I have to walk? You have to, and you're walking like this. Like you, you can't. Is, like Is the tube can't... not moving in and out your pee hole? No, no, no. After they've taken out the, the bag. So they, they take it out. Uh... Yeah. So then you can move now, but you're like hunched back because imagine like, yeah, like someone's just slashed your belly you can't stand up straight because you feel that tug, like, even like no matter how much morphine coding they gave me, you still know you've got like a bloody gash down there. So you're taking baby steps, but you're then dealing with like, because your uterus starts contracting, obviously, isn't it? I called the midwife, I was like, I'm having contractions, like what's going on? I'm having contractions, I thought I gave birth ready, and then she was like, oh no, it's your uterus shrinking, that's normal, so I'm like, well, like, seriously, like, does it ever fucking stop, because, like, it's one thing after another, I didn't even know that happened, that you get contractions after you have birth, and I thought, because I had a C-section, I wouldn't deal with that it's worse as as you have more kids. Me being like, I'm so dumb sometimes. I'm like, oh my God, what if I had another baby and they didn't know it was there and I've got a birth and another baby? Like, it was really painful. And the, I think the worst thing was I had this mad belly ache, like, a few hours after. But it wasn't contraction pain anymore. It was like, I can't describe it. I called the midwife again. I said, something's not right. My belly hurts so bad. And then she said, "Have you been to the toilet?" I said, "No." She said, "You need to fart." Stop. What? I need to fart. She goes, "You've got trapped wind." You describe you. You have to fart. Your belly's been open. You've got trapped wind. I promise you. Go and leave me the baby. Go and have beans and fart. You need to fart. I said, "I can't do any sort of like pressure near that region. Like I've got like this cut." She goes, "You have to fart." I promise you, you'll feel better. So yeah, off I went to the little like are taking like tiny little
0: steps. I thought you were going to say, Off, I went to fart. No, I
2: did. I had to. And uh, I had my beans. <laughs> so even though I didn't want to eat, I had my beans. And then, yeah, I went to the toilet and I let one off and I swept <laughs> so much better. <laughs> like, I put all of this for a fucking fart. Like, bloody hell. But yeah, it was just a fart. But that was painful, you know? So, anyone who has a C section, and that's a warning you're gonna have to fight at some point because you're gonna get trapped in
0: so that's us a funny side to it i would probably have thought that they've left like tissue in there or could oh, or... you imagine no 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 definitely not that will probably happen in colombia probably
2: um but yeah back to answering your question about how i felt. obviously you're feeling with the pain but the whole like emotional side so obviously you're dealing with hormones that as I read after that your hormones fluctuate, which is why some women get baby blues, which is normal. And you're dealing with all of this. But I think because of the medication, I felt, I've not felt anxious like that in like the longest time. I just felt, even when I got home, I remember I woke um, Jason up like in the middle of the night and I was like, I thought I must have said I feel like I'm dying or something, because it just, you feel so spaced out, you feel like your body's leaving your, like your soul's leaving your body, it's weird, but it's because of so much medication that they give you when you come home, and I noticed that when I stopped taking the codeine, and, and I swapped the codeine just for paracetamol, so I was taking that like every two hours nonstop because I said to the doctor, I said I can't take these tablets, they're too strong for me, like they're making me like go crazy, so they said, "All right, fine. So you just have to keep top, top, and paracetamol." And that I immediately could tell that made all the difference. I just felt so much in control of my body because that morphine and all that shit is just mad. Like it, it well, it worked for me anyway. I think when I've got a mate who was asking. She was pregnant. She's had a baby girl now, bless her. Um, and she was really like scared and everything. I gave her like my top tips, and I just wanted her to understand so much about what happens after the C-section recovery because she was like, "Oh, you know, I'm too scared of giving birth. I think I might opt for the C-section." And I was like, "Look, sometimes it's not actually the easiest option because the way I see, it, obviously, like when you give birth naturally, it's it's a battle in itself. But I'd like to think, or well, from what I can gather, is yeah, you're dealing with like some hormonal bits after and your baby blues or whatever." But I think like the whole C-section thing is just so much more prolonged because you can't immediately carry your baby like a normal birth mother would. You need the assistance. You've got all this medica- medication you've got to take and all of that. It's just, it's so much more dra- draining. So I just hope like if I do have another kid, I hope I don't have to go down that route again, because it's it's just a lot. It's just long. you got your wax three days after as well. It's
1: a lot. How, how long did it take for you to feel like proper good again? Like, well, not proper, but like in yourself, like you felt like, okay.
2: Like two weeks two weeks later, maybe. Definitely two weeks later. Because I just kept, like, I just kept crying. I couldn't talk about my birthing story because we be were crying because obviously I was dealing with all that. But obviously I genuinely think it was a medication. I couldn't wait to get off it. Even like the paracetamol and stuff and obviously the pain. And you know what? The baby, he's, um, he's a bit of a reflux baby. So he kept like vomiting and stuff. And immediately... I I don't know if every parent goes through this, but naturally (laughs) when your baby comes home, I was just checking that he was breathing every single time he was asleep. So even like I could be asleep, I wake up and I look at him, like make sure that he's alive still, make sure he's breathing. But a few times he was like, he'd like um, vomit in his sleep. And just natural instinct, obviously I had the incision. And one night I heard him like, it sounded to me like he was choking a bit. So I jumped out of that bed like I and this was like day two actually and the same way I jumped out of bed I laid off it floored me because the bloody pain I felt like Ooh. from inside my stomach like it stretched, like it was so painful and I was like whacking Jason's like go and get the baby but he was fine but that shit hurt like
0: oh my god
2: I had and I've done that like two or three times
0: so how long, how long does it, did it roughly take for your wound to heal? For it heal, 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 I took like four weeks, four weeks, because even like, like by week two, by week three, I
2: was like walking a little bit, but it still felt quite sore. Like it's weird to, to explain it, like inside, it's weird. Like you can't even walk really straight. Like I was walking like, Jason was walking so with a pram, and I'd be like, you're walking too fast. Like, I'm walking at like normal speed. You're just walking like a toe <laughs> Because you just can't walk. It's too painful. Like, it hurts. So, yeah, I think Philly, Philly, I mean, we went on, like, a little nice little beach getaway, like,
1: by week six. So, by week four, I think I was good to, like, we went and, like, walk around the river, and it was and it was fine. How does it feel now? Because I remember you mentioned that it still feels a bit weird to touch. Ew, <laughs> I can't... <laughs> i just touched it and
2: i'm like it just feels i can't explain it it's like dead skin it's that like you feel a sensation but you can't feel your like when you have pins and needles that you can feel your foot but you can't yeah yeah yeah, yeah. a little bit yes very spot on but not as extreme but definitely that aura that yeah 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 very good uh, example
0: yeah I think it's because hearing your story I feel like I've had one now so I I know I'm connected to you right now I'm like yeah this is what it feels like yeah 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 did you sneeze in that time because I would be petrified no
2: I didn't but I think day three something happened I don't know I think I must have said something really dumb like when I laugh I get like proper laugh attacks I a cry of laughter so me and Jason are literally like in hysterics and I'm holding myself I'm dying of laughter like literally and it was the most painful laughter I've had like so I was, I didn't, it was the equivalent, but that shit was like, oh my God, this ain't even like worth the pain. I was literally holding my stomach just like, stop making me laugh, stop making me laugh. I can't remember what it was.
1: But stop making me laugh because my intestines are going to fall out. I genuinely <laughs> thought that's what was going to happen. I thought it was going to like rip open. You know, with the C-section, do they also take out your placenta? Did they, Did you see it? I didn't see it. But um, I'd like
2: to think that they honoured my wish of doing delayed cord clamping because <laughs> I wanted to do that because I'd looked into that as well because like, I really wanted a, like, a water birth and I wanted to do all the, like, the delayed cord clamping. But luckily, like on the birthing thing, they would said that if you request, if you do have a C-section, they are actually still able to do it even f- for like a couple of minutes. I think they must have got like two minutes. I want to say, I think I saw somewhere written or someone said like two minutes. I don't even know if that's good or not, but at least... I've I kind of done that. But no, I actually did want to see it. But no, they, they didn't even give me the option. I think everything was just so, like, crazy in there. There wasn't even the option to be like, do you want to see? Or I just, I don't even know what they've done with it. They must have just disposed it or whatever.
0: Mama, I love you. You lot literally
1: made me recite the, every single detail of that <laughs> bloody day. To end the episode, we usually like to end it on a positive note. So, you know, you've said so many things throughout you know educate yourself what would you like to tell maybe women that are going through pregnancy
2: I think just take every single day as it comes just take every day every day no matter how routineful you might be going like go for a phase where it's routine just take every single day because I think some people wish their pregnancy away too quick and they're like I wish I was this month I wish I was that month but just embrace every single second and even after baby comes Just take every day and remember that you're not going to feel like that forever. Because there was a moment when the baby came and I was so in love and stuff, but I was so overwhelmed with everything. I thought, and I think it was sleep deprivation as well, I thought, "Why is this the rest of my life? But I read somewhere, like, you're not going to feel like that forever. And it's so true. So just take every single day as it comes is, I think, what I'd like to say to girls, women, goddesses, bringing life into the world
0: going through the value of death to bring life into the world, take every single day as it comes. This too shall pass. It's, it's nice that you say that because I think you expect to have your baby and you think, oh, just because I've been home and I've done the hard labour, I'm fine. Yeah, definitely. But do
2: you know what? I found myself thinking quite a lot, which
0: is quite strange.
2: I, I kind of, you know how, like, the health this is they probably, like, check up on you all the time and they're, like, asking you all these questions. And at the back of my head, and I was just like, oh, my God. Do I sound alright? Like I don't want them to think I'm like depressed or anything because I'm not. It's like you put pressure on yourself to like you're you're happy, but you're really mindful that you don't want to like seem that if you're crying, oh she's depressed or whatever. There's just so much to, to think about, so that's why I thought as well. I thought if I just take every just baby steps every single day, you will gradually feel like like yourself like yourself again. Because every day, regardless if it's, it's a bit routine, for every day really is different. So, yeah, it's just a journey and it's all part of the process, I suppose.
1: You know, when you say that, I remember when I had Caden, they're like, obviously now juggling two kids. It was quite intense for me. And obviously when the health visitor came, there was one particular question that she was like, do you find yourself crying for nothing? And I was like, in my mind, I was like, yeah, I do. But I was like, no. I'm fine because I I automatically thought I I kind of like set myself up for failure because I thought if I tell this woman that I cry myself to sleep, that, you know, I'm constantly fighting with my three-year-old because he keeps waking his baby brother up. But then my mom guilt comes in because I'm like, he's still a baby. Why am I screaming at him? But then I thought if, if I was to literally blur out everything that's in my mind, this woman will literally come and take my kids and just take them away. Cause she'll be like, nah, you are insane. You cannot deal with them. And it's, it's almost what loads of women go through because it's the pressure we have to be perfect. When in reality, women should always like reach out, you know, always speak your truth. Just because you're going through depression, it doesn't make you less of a mother. Exactly yeah definitely and it's just like it's
2: it's such a life-changing event like it's so eventful like it's these things are bound to happen and I just think it's important for you to have the right support system you know and it's important to talk about it because some women unfortunately don't have the support system or you know they they do and they don't want to talk because to not be judged or whatever but I think it's important to be vocal about how you feel because it's, you, you can't, it's a lot, you can't handle that by yourself.
0: And like, You can be super superwoman, but you can't, you need to speak out. Thank you so much, Jackie, for sharing the rest of your story with us. Thank you girls for having me and for
2: making me laugh and for making me go <laughs> down memory lane and for giving me the platform to, to really talk about and ra- raise awareness and give me closure, actually. That's good,
0: therapeutic. Yeah, I did actually. And it's good to always hear it firsthand in the ins and outs for anyone else that's expecting a baby or have felt like their experience was just ruined because of it. Mama's code out. Mwah. Mama's code.